Episode 91 of Outlander Cast is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com, a place of discovering the best makeup and skincare products while uncovering your confidence as a woman. All the way from Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Welcome back. I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I am softening a little bit on Claire right now. Yep. I've given her a hard time over yeah. the past uh, number of weeks here, and and I got to tell you, I'm softening. And I'm not softening a ton. Okay. But I am a little bit. Here. I'm glad to hear that. The more that I get a chance to think about things, and the more that I get a chance to... Um, hmm. The more that I get a chance to just consider her perspective Mm -hmm. I feel like God it must be really tough it must be really really tough for her to engage with Frank on any level never mind the kind of level that he may want right now I'm not saying that I wholeheartedly agree with how she's handling everything but I get it that's just my opinion I'm throwing that out there I had a lot of conversations with a lot of different people and everybody's opinion uh, is valid and it all makes sense. And it's really, I think, in the end, subjective to however you want to approach the material. And um, so far, I, I feel like I've approached it fairly well, but I'm softening a little bit. How about you, my darling? I, I still stick by everything I've said. Which is? I'm loving this season. (laughs) I'm loving this season and I feel bad for everybody. Like there's not one person I'm like, life rocks. Right. It's complicated. It is, it is all very complicated. Yes. So I, I get it. I really get it. Well, uh, are you ready to get into the listener feedback? Yes, I am super excited for this. Starting things off, Rosemary wrote in at OutlanderCast.com and said, I want to discuss a topic that has been hotly debated since the show began, show Frank versus book Frank. I know a lot of book readers feel the showrunners are making Frank more sympathetic and turning Claire into the villain. I strongly disagree. The difference in the two Franks lies in how the story is being told on the TV series versus the books. The showrunners are presenting Claire's life with Frank in real time. That simply wasn't the case in the books. Once Claire goes through the stones to the past, the reader never sees Frank again. We only learn about Frank through the biased memories of others, especially Claire. And beginning with Dragonfly and Amber, those memories belong to a 50-plus-year-old woman who survived about 20 years of an unhappy, loveless marriage 
to this man. As with anyone who has been in a bad relationship, most of Claire's memories of Frank are unpleasant ones. She rarely reminisces on the good times of Frank's positive actions. And as is normal in human nature, she rarely focuses on her role in the marital problems. Was Frank perfect? Of course not. Did he do and say lousy things? Sure, we all do. But he was also a good guy, and how could he not be? His wife disappears for three years. When she shows up, she announces that she's been with another man and is pregnant with that man's child. Frank forgives her, takes her back, and agrees to raise that child with her. And when she wants to go to medical school and become a doctor, he supports her. I'm not sure if they'll show this in the show, but he even rearranges his schedule so that he can take care of Brie while Claire pursues her dreams. And this was in the 1950s. When men were expected, they they expected their wives to be content as homemakers and as mothers. As for Claire, I don't feel that she is being portrayed as a villain at all in the show, especially in this last episode. Claire is really trying to be a good wife to Frank. She's the only one that initiates intimacy, but Frank wants her body and soul. He wants her to be completely his, and she simply can't do that so soon after losing Jamie. Rosemary? Bam! Just like that, a winner! Wow. Wow. You you just said it perfectly. In fact, you even followed it up by saying he wants her body and soul, and she's just not capable of doing that. So he is overstepping, I think, a little bit. But perhaps her memories of Frank are not that good. And you're seeing her relationship in real time. It's a perfect explanation. Don't you think, my darling? Yes. From Allison, she says, I think in terms of Claire's behavior and reactions, I like that they portray situations realistically. That means the, that people don't always behave in the noblest or kindest way that we wish they would, particularly if they're hurt or vulnerable. And when Frank calls, calls up to Claire or calls Claire out on not being able to look at him, He is shining a light on something that she would not be proud of and is trying to get past while she is very vulnerable. I think it's completely natural that her first reaction would be defensive. Hey, you know. Totally agree. Yes. Listeners are bringing it today. On Facebook, Robin Lookit Webb says, I disagree with Blake about the sex scene in season one that he calls gratuitous. I think it moved the story forward not only by further illustrating the intimacy and trust developed between Claire and Jamie, but Murtaugh witnesses the aftermath and gets a glimpse into their intimacy and understands the closeness between them. Uh, Emma DZ says, excuse me, but Connecticut is totally part of New England. Rhode Island is hanging on to Connecticut in mass. You need us. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Emma. Rhonda Brodsky Carroll wrote in on Facebook and said, I agree with Kendra. I like both book and show, but changing Frank's character and making Claire more unlikable is a bad move. Good. Was Jenny the bad was all the wigs and the beard and not having the dun bonnet cut his hair uh, and changing what leads to Fergus losing his hand. And he seems to be fine with it afterwards. The best was Sam Hewen. 
Holly Richter White wrote in, one of our bloggers, one of our amazing bloggers. She said, wait for the TV show to bring book readers around to Frank. The show is offering another view of Frank, forcing them to think. Diana had all of this in her head and will write a book on Frank supposedly. But for now, we only have what she wrote. The TV show knows his backstory. There you go, Holly. Now that is someone who is bringing some sanity to all this conversation. <laughs> what? Yes, I do believe. Yes. She totally is she, i mean yeah. she, like the show knows and the show i think will get to it because i think the natural Just for you pro- to say some sanity is conversation i feel like you're saying i'm not sane but i <laughs> no i don't mean that i mean just like people are are freaking out i think either way like there are people okay. that are like defending frank there are people defending claire and it's like holly's saying whoa 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 time out no 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 it's 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 all going to come down and you're going to see everything and it's just a matter of time they're mm-hmm. building i think they're building frank's fall from grace a little bit here yeah yeah and they're 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 gonna they're they're giving a a base from which you can build to see how badly frank has fallen at the end of their marriage Mm -hmm. whether or not that's due to him whether or not that's due to claire perhaps it's a little bit of both i think we're already starting to see it by the way in this separate bed situation. Ooh, yep. So, uh, Holly, you're bringing it too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sandra Ruskai Schwartz wrote in, this is why I said, Kendra, it does not matter about Frank at this point because it is Claire's story and Frank has not mattered in Claire's perspective since she decided to stay with Jamie instead of going back through the stones of book one. She never wanted to leave Jamie. She wanted to die with Jamie. Jamie wanted to keep the child alive, so Claire is keeping her promise to him. I, I uh, Sandra, I, I kind of disagree on this one. You want to know why? Why? Claire made Frank her business when she tried to step in on behalf of of the little French girl in Blackjack in Alex Randall. And she tried to set this girl up with Blackjack Randall. And she also prevented Jamie from trying to kill Blackjack Randall because she thought that Frank was his relative. Basically, a huge portion of the season that shall not be named. Yes. Even though it was so beautiful and Preston Pans, my God. I love Preston love. Pans. Um, was about... Frank still being alive. Right. So she made Frank her business. Frank has mattered in her perspective. Frank's mattered since day one. Frank not only has mattered, he's a major character. His character alone has thrusted the plot in different ways that you wouldn't expect. So it has to be connected to Frank. Melissa Carolyn said, I think Frank could have been more patient and reasonable in his expectations. Claire is doing her best and has gone from not letting him touch her to initiating sex in the space of, what, five to six months, but it's still not enough for Frank. Mm, all valid points. All valid points. Once again, the co-pays. Just <laughs> go see a therapist, guys. It's going to help. Barb McCoff, I don't know if I said that right, and if I didn't, I'm sorry. She said, Ann Kennedy tweeted that it was Laura Donnelly's real baby. Hey, it's not Ann Kennedy. It's Ann but Kenny, why are you, why do you set me up for unsuccessful things? I read it and I'm like, who the hell is Ann Kennedy? Oh, that, that, <laughs> Wait, hold on, that's not the right sound. Then I'm Ron Burgundy. Yeah, like what was that autocorrect? <laughs> or is someone trying to punk me because I read what is written? Okay, where's Ashton? Ashton, you know, you know Barb, I would believe it because I saw that nursing and I was like, whoa, whoa, she's going for it. Yep, that's that baby's nursing. 
that baby's going. So way to go, <laughs> Laura Donnelly, for being pregnant for real in a role where she's always pregnant. Um, With and 18 kids running around. All of them. All the children. All the kids. Old Mother Hubbard. <laughs> was that? No. What was the one? Who's the, who's the lady that lived in a shoe? Uh, I just know the song The Old Brown Shoe by the Beatles. She had so many kids. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, how cool that it was her real baby. That's amazing. That's really Sorry, neat. Ann Kenny is the writer who tweeted it yeah, about Laura Donnelly. Not Ann Kennedy. Not Ann Kennedy. Why do you? Why is this Kennedy in here? I'm Ron Burgundy. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm reading it. I'm like, my brain is saying, Mary, don't. My brain is saying no. Okay, Angela Hickey wrote in, Blake, I need to give you a Monday Night Football phrase. Come on, man. No, that- it's, it's this. It's Come on, man. Okay, do it again. Come on, man. That prediction was weak since all of the pre-publicity from Tobias, Ron, and everyone said that Frank is only in episodes one through three. In the words of Game of Thrones, it is known. (laughs) You have to bring better than Jenny and Jamie were faking or something already announced to get the coveted ding. We need a game. And I would agree with this, Angela. You know... For those of you who are on our live Facebook feed, which cut out right before the Outlandish Theory of the Week, I afterwards said to Blake, I was like, wow, I'm really glad we weren't on Facebook Live for that because that, uh, you know, wasn't great. And that, he was like, that is awful. What do you mean it's <laughs> awful? That is awful. No, it, what do you mean? That, that's very, that is not nice to me. Okay. Well, I do need to let everyone know that Blake tries to steer clear from, uh, you know, a lot of the interviews prior to the season because okay, he yeah. doesn't want to be spoiled. In, so in, in my you defense, didn't hear this, that Tobias was only here for three episodes, which I highly doubt because you're like a Tobias lover. But No, 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 no. I, I, I am true to this, this whole commitment to Outlander and not knowing the spoilers. I really don't listen to the interviews uh, at all. Really, uh, because I don't want to know. I don't. I don't want to know anything. So mm-hmm. I didn't know that he was only going to be in episodes one through three. So I will take still credit for getting the story down that he's only going to be in the last one's going to be episode three. And in terms of the uh, thing with Jenny, again, I, it was was it low hanging fruit. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Maybe it was okay. But need I remind you? Okay. Prior to this season, in the episode, I'm sorry, in the the trailer for the uh, the, the the breakdown for the the season three trailer, uh-huh. I gave you like 16 outlandish theories of the week. Okay, let's just go over this again, just real quick. Okay, uh, I said that Claire is telling this story to Brianna and Roger, and that's why we're getting all of these voiceovers. And once they get real time with this story, no longer will we have voiceovers. Then I also said that Jamie is marrying leg hair. That's my outland- one of my outlandish theories of the week. I also said the hussy that appeared in the, in the third trailer is going to be using and abusing Jamie. And I don't think it's something that he's into. That's just the way that she was looking at him in this trailer. I also said that Jamie and Claire are going to end up in the United States at some point. No, you didn't say at some point. What point did you say? I said in the third season. No, what time in America? During the American Revolution. That's what I said. Yep. Okay, so... For Voyager? For, uh, I don't... That's what you said. I, know, I, I said it was either going to be in Voyager or right in the next season. Okay. Okay. All right. And then... I got one. I got one for you too. You ready? I got. I even got a new one. All right, you're gonna be privileged with this brand new. Give it to me, baby. Outlandish theory of the week. How much do you want to bet that Bree is going back with Claire? 
through the stones to meet her dad. Guaranteed. Or at the very least, at the very least, they maybe they, maybe they don't go together, but Bree does go back at some point to be with her dad, learn more about him, and maybe she finds out something about her mom in the past and da da da. But she goes back. I guarantee it. Guarantee the Larson Garen toss is going on this mm. one. So interesting. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. Right. Let's get some more music for some more listener feedback. Well, I don't have any more music for Just listening to feedback. Just put the same back. I like that song. No, that that's the one that introduces the whole I episode. I like it. I, I'm sorry that I I don't have I I, I can't do it anymore. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not you're not gonna sing. No, no. CM Hudson three three five on Instagram. Never mind. Gave it five kilts once again. <laughs> Ron Burgundy. Crucial episode, said CM Hudson, that handled that handled the real depth of loss for all involved. Sam Hewen literally caved in on himself. Mary McNabb and Jamie's scenes were so well done. I found myself wanting them to comfort together, and I felt I never felt that way in the books. The parallel storylines, the loss of identity, the loss of hope, imprisonment, uh, finding hope again through Bree or med school for Claire and for Fergus through Jenny, through baby Ian for Jamie. Seeing Claire desperately fight to stay connected with Jamie in body and soul was heartbreaking. Only character I felt was obsolete in the episode was Ian. Nothing much for him to work with. Jenny holding Jamie was such a beautiful picture of the depth of their bond. It was a slow episode, but foundational to understanding the shift that happened after Culloden. Also, Roman, a.k.a. Fergus, was absolutely perfect in solidifying the deep bond that he and Jamie will have for the rest of their lives. Excellent episode. I kind of disagree a little bit with Ian not serving a role here. Uh, uh, What Ian does for the episode is two things. One, gives you some historical background that his family is under siege. He gets taken away. Basically, the Scottish have zero rights when it comes to the English soldiers. Uh, and it even highlights the fact that kilts are, are, are now outlawed. He, 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 um, uh, the, the weapons have to be given up to the English soldiers. And it also shows that the British have been harassing this family he gets taken away and it's just like yeah okay no problem and then on the second level he serves as a way for jamie to understand what happened to fergus fergus can't comprehend what happened to his hand nor can he comprehend what happened to jamie in losing claire but ian can Ian can understand those things, and he, given his relationship with Jamie, can take those things, digest them, translate them, and relay him, relay that to him so that Jamie clearly understands and knows that he has something to fight for. What? 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 <laughs> I just started laughing. So, a uh, little off topic, but still about Ian. So, when I drive home, I frequently drive past, when I'm coming from a different area of the state, I drive past um, our state's uh, prison. And I think about... <laughs> Uh, frequently I'm driving past when my kids are screaming because they're hungry. And I occasionally think, wow, prison people don't have to make their own food. Nobody's screaming at them to eat. <laughs> they just eat because our taxes pay it to feed them. And wow, maybe Ian 
had a blast in prison. <laughs> he was like, oh, you guys are coming to take me again? Guess I can't help Whoa. watch the kids. <laughs> Guess that I have sucks. to go eat some supper and have a bed and not be with my 30 million children. I don't think <laughs> I don't think this was like Goodfellas. Remember that scene in Goodfellas when they're all in prison and they have, they're making all the meals? That's what and- I was picturing because in Rhode Island, we if you guys have listened to Crime Town, like it's a popular <laughs> podcast about how the mob hung out in Rhode Island prisons and it was totally like that it was like chilling out hanging out you know it was like the four seasons that's what I was picturing for Ian like he'd go and he'd see all of his Scottish friends and he'd be like like, hey "Hey, man who wants to play checkers at 11 and then we'll go eat lunch and we'll take a nap oh shucks no wonder he was like thanks for the nice day (laughs) see you soon same time next week please sorry Jenny you know what you have to have the baby alone hey guys if you could pick me up and my wife's due that would be amazing so sorry but Ian was a little too jolly he was a little too happy to go he, it was like he came back from a cruise you know when your coworkers come back from a cruise and you're like god why do you have so much energy and why are you so happy and they're like I just relax man Ian was all tan yeah. you know he gained about 10 pounds <laughs> you know that bangers and mash or whatever they feed him in there come back with Hawaiian shirts and cornrows <laughs> Angel P, New England writer on Instagram, said that she loved the bagpiper. It was a beautiful touch and made her feel like Claire's loneliness. She made her feel that loneliness so much. Scotland the Brave was so important. And and, and seeing uh, Jamie leave in the carriage as Scotland the Brave started to play, it was like his final... It was his final moment for his country. It was like that one thing he gave up. He was giving up Scotland. It was letting it go. Let's and it go. seems like Claire is kind of letting it go in the same time. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe she is going all frozen. At least she's trying to. Uh, she She's moving on with her life. She has Brie. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a great parallel for both of them that I really enjoyed. HRH Ginger 73 gives this episode five kilts. Sam was absolutely brilliant in his acting. He showed so much pain and emotion Without uttering a word, the tear Mary McNabb wipe away, wiped away was heartbreaking and got me crying. Roman, a.k.a. Fergus, was brilliant as well. The speech Ian gave about the awful pain he still gets from time and his missing leg will surely be something Fergus will feel. And Claire having Jamie's heart, I cried again. The expression Sam showed in that, the bagpiper at the end had me a goosebumps from head to toe, crying Again, I loved how Joe saw Claire and sought her to be a kindred spirit while the other boys in the class were disgusted and not welcoming. Makes me mad. You know, this was Boston from far from segregation, but that's a whole other issue. And is it terrible that I kind of really liked the long hair and beard of the Dunbonnet? My answer is yes. (laughs) Wicked yes. (laughs) Like, that's a we up here in New England, we say wicked hard yes. Okay. You know, on the flip side, if my hair could be, cur- I mean, he definitely needs to wash it. Just don't put keratin in every <laughs> every summer. No, my then hair. Then it'll be fine. No, it won't look like that. Then I'm going to look. <laughs> it'll look like Simba. <sighs> I'm a Baba Heat when I'm a Baba. Carol Rapp on Instagram said, I love it, but I wished it moved a little faster. Sometimes uh-huh. I feel, feel like they're just stretching each scene out a little too much. I could get up and 10 minutes later, still not miss anything. I really, really disagree with that. I think they were moving at a pretty good pace. In fact, I kind of wanted them to slow it down a little bit. They, they 
they had a six-year jump in time for Jamie. Now, are, what are you going to be able to show in six years that was wildly important to Jamie's story and character that you couldn't just... A time-lapse of that hair and beard? Um, I'm maybe. joking. I'm totally uh, joking. You just said maybe. Are no, you kidding me? No, but I, I meant... I didn't know... <laughs> literally. I, 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 <laughs> maybe it meant for it to be figuratively. Maybe. Like, <laughs> Maybe. No, what I meant was, you know, you sh- you show Jamie just be alone. Like, I personally would have loved that episode to start with Jamie in the cave. Uh, uh, maybe no beard, short hair as we left him. And then it cuts to another scene. You and wanted, then- like, the Twilight montage where... Where uh, she's no. just, Bella's sitting in her chair, no. and then it's fall, no. and then it's winter, and she's just sad and lonely, <laughs> missing no. Edward. No, so sad. No, I don't Spider want monkey. that. <laughs> no, but what I wanted is a scene of Jamie sitting down and I don't know, doing just doing something, maybe just looking off, and then it cuts to another scene. And Jamie's there; he's learning how to you use a bow. You know what would have been bow. fun is if they, it, like yeah. if they kind of gave it like the um. My God, like if he stunk at catching fish. If he stunk at yes. it. Yes. Like if, if they gave him the castaway treatment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. If they started that episode with the castaway treatment, that would have been awesome, right? <laughs> like trying to catch it with his hands, making a right. little fishing pole. And then all of a sudden, it, it, the next scene there, and then, and then the, uh, like the spear comes and boom, right into the fish. And then it pans up and it shows Jamie with the long hair and the beard. It would have been a three hour episode. And then and then it then it goes to the whole thing where he shows up at Lallybrock for the first time. There's Jenny, but he sees Claire. And then Jenny goes, where have you been? Like, oh my God, what? 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 You know, but and then the episode starts yeah. and you can do everything. That would have been awesome. It would have been very fun. It would have been fun. Well, Lost Track 621 uh, says, for me, Boston seas are strange because it's not really Boston. It doesn't look like Boston. It isn't Harvard's campus. And she says she knows because it would be, um, you know, it would be extremely difficult, difficult, of course, to film there. But having gone to university in New England, it's an okay reproduction. But the Charles River is very absent. I would agree on this one. And I thought it was only me because obviously I'm from the area and I'm really sensitive to how Boston looks and how it feels none of what they're showing looks like Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even the park at which Claire is, is leaving even looks no, like Boston no, Common. Like nothing. It, no. It doesn't it, look like Harvard. The only thing that looks like Boston is the interior of the apartment. That looks like an old school Boston apartment. Other than that, it, it kind of falls flat. And only because I'm, I'm super sensitive to it. Like, I get it. That and Millie and her husband's crassness. Yeah. <laughs> during dinner conversation. I just, you know, for somebody who doesn't, who isn't from the area and doesn't know any better, it, maybe it's a good representation. Maybe it's a, 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 re- a reasonable facsimile. Like, if someone were to show me Los Angeles, but it was filmed in, like, Utah, I wouldn't know You'd the difference. You'd believe it, exactly. So, I, I mean, I get it, I, but I thought it was just me. Luckily, it's not. Thistle and Miss on Twitter said, loving Blake's pants-off moment description. <laughs> you two are hilarious. Love your podcast. Thank you. Q3M said- Had lots of pants-off moments. <laughs> Today, I listened to Mary and Blake's episode 301. Been thinking about the portrayal of Frank and Claire's divide, and I agree with Blake. Yes, thank you. Jenny May 40 tweeted, Fergus makes me want to go to the Stones 
pick up a rifle, and fight the Redcoats for him. His heart and allegiance are unending. I know. It's all. It's almost a naive. Like, it's so cute. Like, oh, little precious. A Lacey uh, 1971 tweeted, the look on his face, I think, brings back all memories of Claire and how much he misses her. He is living in his own prison. This episode made me cry, feeling Jamie's pain as he is going through with his life without Claire. I love you guys so much. She said oh, to us. Oh, thank you. Thank I, you. I wonder how many more pants off moments I'm going to have oh, for this season. I, don't know. I can't wait to see how many pants off moments. I'm going to call it out every time. Maybe we should have a pants off counter. <laughs> how about you read the emails? <laughs> This one's from Shauna. She says, Hi, Mary and Blake. I love your show and insight you bring. Thank you very much. After watching an episode of Outlander, I just want to keep thinking about it and digesting it. And your show is like a fine wine to go with it. Oh, my gosh. Red or white? I think my auntie sent this to me. <laughs> Thank you, auntie. Uh, I've been thinking about the episode 301 a lot going into 302. Claire lost everything when she came back. Not just her soulmate, but her sense of community, her sense of family, her adopted son, Fergus, her purpose, her essential self. Plus, she has pregnancy hormones galore. But most importantly, she is grieving all of the above alone. She can't talk about it with Frank. She can't show that she is grieving. She doesn't have any friends to confide in. Being a housewife, cooking and cleaning means she's thinking about it all the time. She can't move on because she doesn't have a purpose. She doesn't she, have a podcast to listen to. No, she doesn't. She needs one. She needs a lot of them. Uh, all the podcasts. She is a drift on a sea of despair with no oars and no map. Thank you. That is a great descriptor. Great job there, Shana. Then Brianna is born and an oar suddenly appears. Okay, she can start going somewhere now that she has a little bit of her purpose back. But Frank sees she doesn't have a purpose and he does love her so he makes the decision that he will support her efforts to become a doctor and just like that the map shows up and she is on her way we don't see frank make this decision but it is inferred because it's the 50s and she would have to have his permission Ooh, and she shudders while thinking about permission in order to enroll in medical school frank sees as jamie did in paris that this is who Claire is, because you can't eviscerate your essential self. And her essential self shines so bright that it is hard to ignore. And once Claire has her purpose back, she can begin to mend her heart and open it again to Frank. And they can create a life together. So we close episode 302 with her beginning to get her purpose back. So he, it, she isn't quite there yet with Frank. And Frank has accepted that for now, probably because it's the 50s and no one gets a divorce if one has a child and is a prestigious professor at Harvard. It would be a huge scandal and probably cost him his job. Rana wrote in, Hi guys, I listened to the one for episode 301. I know, Blake, that you are Team Frank, but I think that Ron, in writing this episode, in his being a major Frank and Tobias lover, I love Tobias too, don't get me wrong, but I am totally Team Jamie, Hashtag in the Jamie. episode a disservice. I know you haven't read the books, Blake, but Frank is not so nice in the books, and by making him seem so loving and understanding and supportive in the show, paints Claire as a total shrew in comparison, which is not fair to her. 
hormones notwithstanding. I am not one to nitpick the book versus the show as so many are. I love them both as I understand the different mediums, but some changes do mess up the dynamics of the story. Being an older female, I have to tell you that the misogyny that you you see did exist openly to that extreme in the 60s and even later, especially from academics and doctors. So I can imagine, I've heard stories that it was even worse in the 40s, especially as men wanted women to just disappear back into the woodwork after the war. I have learned my lesson. I will no longer die on the hill of the misogyny being overdone. However, I will die on this hill. And I'm considering it. I, I've been, this is, I, this is a take in development here. I'm not saying this has to go, but this, I'm take development. Ready? I think the third commandment of the, uh, of Outlander cast with Mary and Blake, the third commandment has to be, I don't care what the books say. That is not nice. It's a take development. I'm not saying I'm going with it. No, I'm not. It's not etched in stone yet. You're making it a commandment, which sounds like it's pretty darn etched in stone. No, no, no. I, I'm saying it's not etched in stone yet, but I'm thinking about it. The, I thought the commandments were. <laughs> it's it's in take development. Okay, you know, just call it a post-it note. <laughs> we will put on a post-it idea. note on the first two commandments, okay? Well, that's what we're going to do. How many other commandments are we going to have? Uh, well, we're going to see. What are the other two? Uh, it has to be balanced. And uh, season two should never be named again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Liz wrote in and said, okay, you guys, I'm convinced that I was wrong on show Frank. I think my view of book Frank was influencing me, my uh, view of show Frank. Mm-hmm. Mary's point made sense to me when she said that Claire couldn't just get a job as a pregnant woman. I can't remember which one of you said that Frank could have put her in a mental institution. That was Mary. Sorry. That could have totally happened when she got back to Frank. See how I threw you under the bus immediately? No, but it's true. He totally could have. I know. Um, I think I keep forgetting that Claire came back in the 1940s, not 2017. She just couldn't get a job as a single mom with questionable mental health. I've tried to think of how I felt when I found out that my ex-husband had cheated on me and left me. Mm. I don't think I would have been as gracious as Frank was if my ex had come back. Anyway, so now you guys have me seeing show Frank with new eyes. Still not a Frank fan, but you guys convinced me that I was wrong and how harsh I was on him in the last I think episode. Liz would back me on the third commandment. <laughs> it's not that I don't care what the book says. I mean, I. it's just that as long as it makes sense within the show, that's all that matters to me. And so far, what Frank has done makes sense within the story of the show. They are two separate story. Oh, you know what? Okay, here we go. Instead of saying, I don't care about what the, what the book says, the third commandment is the show and the book are separate. That's all that matters. I can handle that. That's all A that matters. A lot better. Okay. The show and the book are separate. Okay? Third commandment ratified. There it is. Still on the post-it note, but yes. <laughs> We're going right. to take a quick break. And by quick break, I mean, you're still going to listen to us. <laughs> We're just not going to read listener feedback for a second because I wanted to tell you about today's sponsor. Okay, it's called MinuteWithMary.com. My name is Mary Larson. If you do not yet follow me on social media, specifically on Facebook, I want you to find me, Mary Larson, L-A-R-S-E-N. Because what I do in addition to podcasting, in addition to being a mom, in addition to doing a lot of different things and being a musician, I like to help women feel more confident with their skincare, with their makeup, just discovering all these different makeup ideas and what works best for you and your skin and all these different kinds of things. So, because when we feel more confident and sometimes that means you got to do a little something, something, zhuzh up, wear a different outfit, take care of your skin if you're having skin issues. If I could help you feel more confident, I get so happy. I'm <laughs> such an optimist and I'm such, I empathize and I just want like everyone to feel you good about themselves. You want to empower women. Yes. 
You want to give them the confidence in themselves that they have. They can uncover their self that they want to be. So since we're going into the holiday season and the dry skin season and all that jazz, if you're running low on a skincare makeup item and you're like, you know what? I'm going to give that Mary girl a try. Shoot me a message. Come find me in the clan gathering and say, Mary, hook me up. What do you think I should do, girl? And the best thing is, is that you have all these tutorials. You teach people what to do on Facebook Live. You yes. interact with them and you handle any transaction personally. I do. That is do. just your job. You're, it's, you're perfect at it. I'm not going to lie. Oh, God. I don't think I'm perfect at it, but thank you. That was quite nice. So if you want to see the selection of the stuff I've got, you can head over to MinuteWithMary.com. But really, shoot me a message. I'll hook you up. <laughs> All right, my love. Are you uh, ready to uh, get into the voicemails? Yeah. All right, let's do it. We actually only have a couple of voicemails uh, for this one. I'm surprised, as a matter of fact. But uh, let's uh, let's see what we got. Blake, it's Teddy again, trying again here. I'm trying to avoid listening to the podcast or the comments right now for a reason of my own, and I will pick it up later in the week. But here's my GBG for the episode. Um, good, really good, was Laura Donnelly. I, I got to that part, Blake, and you are so right. The expression on her face and knowing what she really meant, and that she really meant what she was saying for a different reason, was very moving. She was fabulous. The bad is the beard and the hair and the mustache and the hat. All bad. <laughs> um, done bonnet. Supposed to wear the bonnet, so that his hair was perfect, not so it was straggly out. Hold on. I just love All bad. All bad. <laughs> it's just so funny. Yes. But the truth is, it just looked just so fake to me. I think I'm just oversensitized um, to their beard work between uh, the beard in season two and now this beard. I just want to say no to beards on Sam Ewan. <laughs> and the hair and the beard and the hat look like he would just take it off and everything would be attached to it. Yeah. Hair, beard, everything. Yeah. Okay. And the great was the interplay between uh, the character of uh, Frank and, of course, Claire. Uh, it was palpable in its awkwardness. Um, so that's it for me. Goodbye. <laughs> Teddy. Teddy's the best, dude. I, love. I just love her. Hi, Mary and Blake. My name's Mandy from Melbourne, Australia. Hello. I'm new to your Outlander cast blog and podcast, and I'm really enjoying it. So thank you. I loved episode two and heartbreaking for Jamie. And I loved they did the scene with the baby. And I loved Mary McNabb. Um, and I just really wanted to see Claire leave the baby and go off in the car because that was really one of my favorite parts from the book. But that tension of being a mum when sometimes you don't want to be and so I really what a shame they missed that out but otherwise I really loved everything else so thanks for listening bye thank you very much for calling Melbourne Australia Yay. Melbourne and that's how I know to say that because of the leftovers 
right? <laughs> Have you ever felt like that, my darling, where you just you don't want to be a mom anymore? You just you, I you had it. You're you're throwing in the towel. Yes. <laughs> you're like every day. <laughs> every day that doesn't have a nap in it around two p.m. I'm like, what? <laughs> I hate this. And then they do something really cute at like two thirty, and I'm like, okay, let's make scones. You're perfect again. I love you. <laughs> All right, you ready for the tweet of the week? Super excited. Yes. Let's do it. All right, this uh, tweet of the week goes to Carolyn at Carolyn and to Nuke too. Yeah. And she says, when watching the premiere, I thought that Sam's Adam's Apple should get an award for a supporting character. <laughs> should get an Emmy Award for the best supporting character. Oh my gosh. Is Adam's Apple. <laughs> it was. It, you know, did a lot of acting in that episode. Made a lot of appearances. A lot of appearances. Had more screen time than Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Grant, Grant O'Rourke lost out to an Adam's apple. <laughs> imagine that. Uh, the, thank you, Carolyn. Imagine reading that in the script. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Carolyn, thank you for uh, tweeting that. It was the tweet of the week. I guarantee you, if you guys have good, funny tweet of the weeks, witty tweets, you will be in the running for the tweet of the week. And because you get the tweet of the week, just like Carolyn Antonucci got. Carolyn gets a $25 gift card to D. Turner Designs. I will hook you up with Dawn. She is the best, and she will take care of every single need that you have. And she makes these great uh, uh, like tags with Outlander uh, sayings and stuff on it. It's She's just great work. Love it. So she's amazing. So congratulations for winning this Yay. week's Tweet of the Week. As for now, my darling, uh, final thoughts leading into the next episode. What do you got? I'm just excited. I'm so excited. I've loved this season so much. Right. I'm. St- you know Bring what? You want to know what my final thought is? I'm, I'm a little miffed. I'm not going to lie. My outlandish theories of the week. With, I was told that I wasn't bringing my A game. You weren't. I uh, think it was a <gasps> lame outlandish theory. Again, I will say that the Jenny... Th- uh, the Jenny... Uh, 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 you know what would be a great outlandish theory, Blake? What? I think... Claire might go back. <laughs> Listen, the Jenny and Jamie thing was a little low hanging fruit. I will grant you that. Okay? But I got sixteen other I, I think gave Claire, you another brilliant one. I think Claire and Frank are gonna argue. You know what? I'm not liking this. Not liking it. I'm the Yeah, well, you know what? Step up your I'm making, a, I'm making a fourth commandment. You can't make fun of my outlandish nope, theories too anymore. Too late. Too late. It's part of the, it's part of the fun of us. All right. Interestings. Interestings all around. All right, you ready to close out yes. the show? Let's do making that fourth commandment. I'm glad I'm glad I got the third one in. I think Jamie's going to jail. <laughs> you suck. You know, no, 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 no. I, I'm still a little upset. I'm still a little upset here because I want to see anybody else do these outlandish theories of the week and come up with good ones like I do. I gave you 16 good ones today. Sure. 16. 
Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the second episode of the week of Outlander Cast. We have an episode, of course, right after the show. And then we have this one dedicated to listener feedback. So make sure you send in your feedback. You can do that on Facebook, especially in the Outlander Cast clan gathering. It is the group to go into. If you're not in it yet, what are you doing? Get on Facebook and request to join. It's the best Outlander. It really is. It's the best Outlander Facebook group on Facebook. You can also reach us on Instagram at OutlanderCast and on Twitter at OutlanderCast. I mean, you know, our website is OutlanderCast.com. You can even comment on the episodes there. And while you're there, I want you to check out the blog. The blog that is written by 12 amazing writers from across the globe who are just fans like you and and me and, and Mary. And like how I always say, I'm just a jabroni with a mic in front of my face. They're jabronis with uh, keyboards not jabronis. at their hands. <laughs> oh my good lord! No, they're amazing. They they're, are amazing. They're amazing, and it's shepherded by uh, Ashley Crawley and Janet Reynolds. They're amazing, great editors. Uh, and uh, please go to OutlanderCast.com, the brand new redesigned OutlanderCast.com that houses both the podcast and the blog at the same place. So if you enjoy these episodes, if you enjoy OutlanderCast, we would greatly appreciate it if you became a patron. Becoming a patron, it's kind of like, you know, when you subscribe or send in money to PBS or to your local charities or something like that because you want to support them. Mm -hmm. If you want to help support us, you could do it as little as a dollar per month. Yep. That's it. And for there are different levels. I mean, if but you know what? The most important thing out of all of this, let's be honest. Let's be honest. It's me reading the first book. And you hearing my analysis of the first book of Outlander. Gosh, you sound so egotistical right now. (laughs) Is that the right word? Yes, it is the right word. Perfect. Uh, You know you want to hear my analysis of Outlander, and you know you want to hear it chapter by chapter. And you get that as a patron at any level. So head on over to Patreon. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash OutlanderCast. So guys, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in, for being with us on the Facebook Lives, for being in the clan, and for just all around being awesome. And following my commandments. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Mary Larson. My name's Moses. Moses didn't speak. (laughs) But he came down with the commandments, right? Yeah, but he like really didn't talk a lot. Well, he did have the commandments. You talk too much to be Moses. (laughs) (laughs) Fifth commandment, call me Moses from now on. You've been listening to Atlanta Cast. Much love. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.